0: Behind every farm, winemaker Bottle and Grape lies an untold story. This is Behind the Bottle, a podcast by Cape Classics, a South African and French wine importer founded in 1992. We are committed to discovering and sharing these tales. I am Mary Ellen Phillips, and in today's episode we're chatting with Nicholas Bureau, Export Director of Glenelli and the grandson of proprietor May Elaine de Lanque-San. Glenelli is situated in Stellenbosch, South Africa, but its story began in France over 200 years ago. Hi, Nick. Thanks for joining us today. So you're a French family producing wine in South Africa. How did you end up there?
1: So my family uh, on my grandmother's side is the Miai family from the Medoc, from the left bank of Bordeaux. They started in the wine business in the late 18th century as wine brokers, uh, one of the oldest family of wine brokers in the left bank of Bordeaux. Throughout the uh, 19th century, they started uh, buying estates uh, mainly in the Médoc, uh, Château Ciron in Margaux being the first one uh, to be um, purchased in the family. And it culminated in the uh, 1920s when my great-grandfather and his brother, that's Édouard and Louis Miaï, bought a, a string of châteaux at a time when really nobody wanted to own them. As you can imagine, in the 1920s, uh, there was the big crisis here in the U.S., which spread out to Europe. So it was a, a real bet on the future that these two brothers bought these châteaux in the left bank of Bordeaux. Uh, one of them was Château Pichon-Longueville-Comtesse de la Lande in Pauillac which my grandmother, Méliane de Longzin, inherited in the late 70s. And she took over Pichon and really took it to the next level. And during her watch, uh, Pichon-Lalande became known as a super second of Bordeaux. And in some vintages, making wines on par with the first growths, neighboring Chateau Latour, obviously, but also Lafitte and Mouton, which are also in Pauillac. So my family uh, has been uh, in the wine business for over 200 years and the eighth generation uh, to be involved alongside my cousin. Now more precisely about how did we end up in South Africa? Well, my grandmother um, always wanted to make wine outside of France. Uh, She explored uh, ventures here in the US, also in other parts of the world, but it never really materialized. And in the middle of the 1990s, uh, she sponsored a trophy at the International Wine and Spirit Competition in London. It was called the Pichon Lalonde Trophy. And this trophy was awarded to the best red blended wine in the world uh, every year. And every second year, this trophy was won by a South African producer. Uh, so some very famous names uh, won the trophy, the likes of Canonkop, obviously, uh Verkeligen, uh, and, and others. So it really opened my grandmother's eyes to the potential of making premium wines in South Africa. So she started exploring uh, the Cape, and she found Glenelly. Glenelly is in Stellenbosch. It was actually a fruit farm when my grandmother purchased it, but ideally located in Stellenbosch right on the edge of town and right next to another famous estate called Rustenburg estate. And for her, it was like finding the ideal terroir, the ideal uh, topography for planting vines, because we are on the lower slopes of uh, a big mountain called the Simmonsburg mountain, which towers above uh, Stellenbosch is about 1500 meters. This was like a, almost like a, a dream come true because it was like a blank canvas for her and uh so she set about to plant the vineyard at uh, so we started this project in 2003 uh, my grandmother was was then 78 years old and there's not a lot of people who plant vineyards uh, at the age of 78 as you can imagine mm-hmm. as it's uh, a very very long term project uh, but so she plant we planted 57 hectares of vineyard with a big focus, obviously, on Bordeaux varietals because that's where Stellenbosch is uh, is very good at. A little bit of Syrah as well, which does really well in this climate, and some Chardonnay. So that's just the background to how we we arrived in uh, in Stellenbosch in 2003, in a very exciting time, I think, for the South African wine industry. Uh, where a lot of the vineyard has been uh, replanted since the democracy um, came in the early 90s and with a very exciting uh, generation of of young winemakers. So, yeah, so that's the story, really.
0: Can you describe the terroir in the Siemensberg and Ida Valley? What makes it unique uh, when comparing it to the rest of Stellenbosch?
1: I mean, Stellenbosch is divided in sub-wards or sub-appellations and Simonsberg stellenbosch is one of them. And as I was saying earlier, it's uh, named after the Simonsberg mountain, which is the big mountain which towers above Stellenbosch. Uh, we are on the lower slopes of uh, this mountain, which makes for very interesting exposures, um, to different exposures to uh, the sun we have at glenelly one of the rare east facing slopes uh in stellenbosch which means a much cooler uh slope because we get mainly the morning sun and that's also i mean quite unique uh in stellenbosch in terms of terroir we uh we work on very old decomposed granitic soils uh, some of the oldest uh, viticultural soils in the world uh, which, for instance, if we compare to Bordeaux or mainly the, the left bank where we're from, predates by several hundred millions of years in terms of, uh, of, uh, geological, uh, structure. I think just, uh, bouncing on this, uh, comparing Bordeaux and, and South Africa, historically, I think there's a very interesting fact that we, we all know that the first vintage in South Africa was, uh, proclaimed in uh, 1659. When we look at Bordeaux, especially the left bank in 1659, the the very famous uh, vineyards of the first growth and second growth of Bordeaux were not even planted in the Midoc. Uh, We know that the vineyards of Lafitte, I think, were planted in the 1670s. Uh, So this just gives you also an idea of the history and uh, how old the industry is in in South Africa uh, in comparison with some regions of Bordeaux. Now, in terms of climate, uh, so we have obviously different climate to Bordeaux. Uh, it's uh, very Mediterranean style uh, with uh, warm um, summers and mild uh, winters. There's a comparison that can be made with Bordeaux in that we have very strong influence from the ocean. Bordeaux, as you know, is uh, on the Atlantic uh, Ocean. The Cape or the Western Cape is on the South Atlantic Ocean. There's a slight difference is that the South Atlantic Ocean is a very cold ocean. This is what uh, helps us keep our vineyards cool as we get a constant wind coming from the ocean, uh, which really cools down our vineyards. So the oceanic influence in South Africa or more specifically in Stellenbosch is quite similar to the one that we find in, in Bordeaux. So, so lots of similarities and And lots of differences as well, uh, which is why we don't produce Bordeaux wines in Stellenbosch. And uh, that's why the Stellenbosch wines have such a strong uh, identity as well, which is different to Bordeaux.
0: And what style of wines do you end up producing?
1: First of all, we produce only still wines at Glenelli. We produce uh, mainly red wines and a little bit of white wines from the Chardonnay uh, varietal. So we're about 80% red versus 20% white. From the red varietals, we produce single varietal wines and blended wines. And in terms of style, uh, we're definitely looking more towards Europe in terms of style rather than the new world. So what what does that mean really? Well, we're looking for making wines which have inherent balance in them, balance between the alcohol, uh, the sugars, the tannic structure, the fruit. And we try to keep everything in balance. So that's a real uh, kind of signature of our wines. One thing that you will uh, taste when you, you taste our wines is that we avoid at all costs any overripe notes or any jammy notes uh, in our wines, which can really uh, show in a warm climate like we have in South Africa. Uh, so how do we do that? The main uh, main factor is by picking the grapes as soon as we have phenolic ripeness. So that's ripeness of the skins and the pips. And we don't let the grapes hang for, for any longer than necessary. So by doing that, we avoid these jammy notes, uh, which which you can very easily uh, have in South Africa with the warm climate we have. So we make wines which, have, uh, which are obviously dry. Uh, we try and avoid any residual sugar or excess residual sugar in our wines. Uh, we're looking for structure, uh, tannic structure. We like freshness, we like acidity in our wines. And generally it makes for wines which have great uh, ageability, and also which are very food friendly coming from france obviously we we have a tradition of of uh, drinking wine with food rather than uh, than on its own and in order for these wines to pair with food we truly believe that these wines should not be overwhelming or should not uh, overpower the uh, the food they are matched with or paired with so A very classic approach to winemaking and to what our wines are destined for. So matching with food and for some of our wines, uh, cellaring uh, does them a lot of good. And we we can see now tasting our first vintages 2008-2009. These are wines which are just starting to drink very nicely. If you are patient enough and if you have a little cellar, uh, if you can uh, put a few bottles away, just like you would for a good Bordeaux, or a good Burgundy, well, uh, you will be rewarded,
0: really. So when your grandmother decided to move to South Africa, which is a really impressive undertaking at that age, she had to build the winery as well, correct?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so Glenelly was a blank canvas. It was a fruit farm when we bought it. Uh, so not a single vineyard and obviously no winery. So everything had to be done from scratch. My grandmother, uh, being uh, how she is, very modern, went for a very, very modern winery, uh, probably one of, the most, uh, one of the most modern wineries in South Africa, I would say, uh, which is built uh, inside the mountain and it works on the gravity flow system. Uh, so what does that mean? Uh, we, we work on four different levels. The top floor is the uh, tank room. Uh, then we have two levels of barrel room uh, below, and right at the bottom we have our bottling line and our storage. Everything works on uh, the gravity flow principle, uh, which means the tank uh, fills the barrels, and the barrels then fill the uh, the bottling chain. So it's a uh, a very uh, soft uh, process on the wine. It means we we do not pump the wine at all. Uh, so that 's one very interesting aspect of the of the winery, but the other one is that we inaugurated this building in two thousand and eight, uh, and since we 've never brought any yeasts into the the cellar, any industrial yeast that that 's to say, um, so which means that we only work with the uh, indigenous yeasts uh, that are present on the farm, all of our fermentations are spontaneous fermentations. And again, that's quite a rare thing in South Africa. Not a lot of people uh, work like that. In terms of water management, uh, we work on a very, um, almost on a closed circuit. Uh, as you, you all know, you've probably heard, uh, we have lots of issues with water in South Africa. There's been a big drought uh, recently for the past uh, three three or four years. Uh, water has really been an issue. So we work on a, a very closed circuit in that we uh we recycle uh, all of the water that we uh, use uh in the winery, and then it's uh basically then uh, used for the uh, irrigation of the of the vines, and then obviously we pump it again through the borehole, so it's almost like a, a closed circuit with a lot of uh, recycling uh going on. One final aspect which is uh, interesting is that we have solar panels on the rooftop of the winery uh, which uh, accounts for about 50% of our energy uh, needs so again I think a, a very modern building with modern technology but obviously uh, inside the building we will we'll use very traditional methods that are you know almost ancestral methods Obviously, we use um, barrels, uh, mainly French oak, actually, and and we try uh, to intervene as little as possible in the the process of winemaking as we can. Our winemaker Luca Quinnigan is a, a very talented uh, winemaker who has uh, who has traveled a lot, uh, worked in France, worked in Bordeaux at Chateau Angélus, among others, also worked in the United States at Screaming Eagle. The little he can do uh, in in the winemaking process, the happier he is. Really, as really our, our philosophy is to make wines which are a very good example of the vintage and uh, obviously a good example of the of the varietal or the blend we're trying to make. So so minimal intervention is really what we're trying to uh, to 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 do uh, in the winery.
0: So Nick, you've spent a good amount of time in the US market over the years, uh, touching both consumers and tastings and events, and also on the trade side. How do you find the wines have been received?
1: Although we've only started selling our wines uh, in the US uh, with Cape Classics, I think uh, eight or nine years ago, mm-hmm. we have a very long history with the uh, the US uh, market. Uh, obviously, my grandmother, uh, when she was running Pichon Lalande, the U.S. market, uh, right, right away when she started from the late 70s, early 80s, uh, was a very big market for, for her. Uh, it really coincided also with the, uh, the first, um, uh, reviews from, um, Robert Parker in the early 80s. And it, it really, the U.S. market has always been, uh, a very big uh uh draw for uh, the wines of Pichon Lalande. So when we uh, arrived uh 10 years ago selling our wines our South African wines uh, Glenelly wines in the US we benefited a lot from uh this almost aura that uh, my grandmother had with her wines from Bordeaux. Uh so it was a great uh, uh a great help to get us uh, started on the US market. Now, you can't sell wine just on the back of reputation from uh, another vineyard. So obviously the wine had to... You stand know, on its own. Exactly, mm-hmm. stand on its own. and And I think the wines have been very well received. And I think... If people uh, taste our wines blind, especially the Lady May, which is our flagship wine and it's a a Bordeaux blend, they taste it blind against the wines of Pichon, for instance. And this this is an exercise we try and do uh, as often as we can. I think a lot of people will see similarities or similar qualities to Lady May and Pichon Lalande. And I think it's a a real draw for for both the consumer and for obviously the trade, uh, because uh, you're getting uh, a wine that's been made by the same person in two different continents. And, and I think South African wine in general, as, as you can imagine, uh, price-wise is, is, is much more attractive than Bordeaux, especially uh, these days when, when we see the price of these uh, super seconds or even third, fourth growth uh, really going through the roof. The U.S. market has been great for us. It's uh, it's our second biggest export market, so it's a, it's a very big focus for us. Uh, I'm very optimistic for the future of, of our wines in the U.S., but also for, for South African wines. I think they, they've they yet to be in the limelight, and I think these days are hopefully coming, as uh, the consumer recognizes the quality of the wines that are produced there, and also the the, the amazing value that they offer.
0: Now, I heard you're moving to South Africa at the end of the year with your wife and three young daughters. What do you love about South Africa as that's a big move for you guys?
1: So when I first came to South Africa in 1998 it was my grandmother taking us uh, grandchildren so there's 10 of us but I think six of us went on that trip that's what some that's something my grandmother did uh, a lot. A few years ago, she would take uh, all of her grandchildren to different countries of the world, and one of these trips was South Africa. I immediately fell in love with South Africa the the first day i uh, I got there. Obviously, back then, there was no question of Glenelli or making wine in South Africa because this came uh, almost six years later uh, but i 've always uh, found uh, you know South Africa to be a very special country, obviously it has a a long and uh, tortuous uh, history but um it's it's uh, a really a country that uh, you really fall in love with and uh I've been going ever since uh, every year to south africa several times mainly professionally and uh I'm really looking forward to um moving there with my family to hopefully uh discover uh, other places than uh, the winelands because uh, there's obviously a lot more to South Africa than just the winelands I think it's a uh, it's a very big country with uh, lots to to do and to explore so mm-hmm. yes moving there at the end of the year and very excited about it
0: a new adventure exactly <laughs> This episode of Behind the Bottle was recorded and produced in our offices in New York City. You can purchase any of the wines discussed today online at wine.com. For 10% off of your order, enter Cape Classics at checkout. For more information on Cape Classics wines, please visit capeclassics.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cape Classics Wines. Thank you for listening, and please tune in next time. Until then, cheers!